Thank you, Cliff. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'll be in Exodus chapter 20, looking at verse 12 this morning, continuing our series going through the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. We're up to the Fifth Commandment this morning, which we'll find in verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Most of us probably heard a particular phrase whenever we left the house growing up. Parents are typically pretty good about that. They're consistent. They say the same thing every time whenever we leave them. You say, Mom, Dad, I'm heading out. And then they'll have a phrase that they say. For some of you, it might have been, okay, be safe. Maybe make good choices. Maybe remember whose you are. That's a little more threatening as you leave the house. Remember whose you are because there's a consequence if you don't. Mine, remember I left, had two that they typically said, depending on the context. Uh, If I were leaving before I had a game later that day, they would say, play hard, play smart. They thought if I did those two things, then everything else would work out fine. At least that's what they said. Uh, You notice they didn't say play well, play good. Uh, They might not have set that kind of bar for me. They might have thought, well, he may not be capable of that, but I think he can play hard. Like he can play smart. The other phrase that they used every time I left was, remember to check in, or it's cousin, let me know when you get there. And I have to say, I was way better at playing hard and playing smart than I was at checking in, at letting them know whenever I got there. Eventually, my mom stopped saying it completely. She just replaced it with, are you going to tell us whenever you get there? Are you going to let us know that you got there safe? And I inevitably got to the point where I said, no promises. I'll do my best. I'll try to remember, but I don't know that I actually will. That is how I, as a punk kid, treated my parents. And looking back on that this week, as I was preparing for the sermon, I wonder how honored they felt when they said, please, just let us know that you got where you were going safely so that I don't worry. And my response is, no promises. I'll do my best, I think, maybe, if I can remember, I might let you, mother and father, know that I'm still alive whenever I get there. I wonder if they felt honored by that. Did they feel loved, respected by their son in those moments? The subject of honor, particularly toward your father and your mother, is the subject of our commandment this morning. And in studying this command, we're going to answer the same four questions that we have answered and will answer for each of the Ten Commandments. First of all, why is dishonoring your parents wrong? Why should we obey this command in particular? Two, how do we break this commandment today? Three, how has Christ fulfilled or transformed this commandment for us? And then four, what do we do now to obey this command as New Testament Christians? So let's dive right in by answering our first question today. Why is dishonoring your father and mother wrong? Why should we obey this command in particular? Well, from the text, we should obey this command because it's for our benefit. Look back at verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You should honor them that your days may be long. Evidently, there was some kind of blessing inherent to this command, some kind of simple fact of life, that honoring your parents is better for you, that your days may be long. And I think surely the parents in this room would agree with that, right? 
They would say, they would just know inherently a household where the parents are present, where they're honored, where they're obeyed and loved. That is a household that's already set up for success. Everything is going to go smoother for the lives of the children if they would just honor their parents. Many a dumb decision, much pain could have been avoided if people would have just remembered this command in their lives. But I think something we need to be reminded of in this text is that the Ten Commandments were given primarily to adults. They weren't handed to children initially to learn. They were handed to adult parents to then pass on to their children. They certainly have a bearing on children as well, but we don't immediately think of kids when we hear God say, do not murder. So maybe we shouldn't be so quick to jump to children and what they should be doing, even whenever we hear this command to honor your parents. Most likely, the reason that God gave this command to his people at this point in its history, the reason he gave it to adults specifically, was so that they would honor their elderly parents, their aging parents, so that they would continue to obey, to serve, to love them, even as they aged even as you might be less inclined to do that because you're an adult. You've got your own life. You've got your own problems. Perhaps that's even the meaning behind the promise of this verse, that your days may be long. So just as you honored your parents and prolonged their days, so that your children now can see that example and are now more likely to honor you in that same way, that your days may be long in the land. If you want your life to look more like how God designed, evidently, honoring your parents is part of that design. So we should honor this commandment. And we should know that intuitively, right? I mean, we owe our parents our lives, so we should honor them. It would be wrong to dishonor them because without them, we wouldn't be. Not that we wouldn't be all that we are, not that we wouldn't have all that we have. We wouldn't exist were it not for our parents. We wouldn't be around. They brought us into this world, and they can take us out. Or at least they think so. They claim that they can take us out. In an earthly sense, they created us. We belong to them. Honor is among the least things that we can do in response for all that they've done for us. But whenever you see this command in the Old Testament law, this had a very severe punishment if you disobeyed it. It was incredibly severe because this is a simple fact of life. You owe your lives to your parents. So if you disobey this command, your life then should be forfeit. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 21 say this. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him And bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. You shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and fear. So again, notice that this is directed not at children, but at adults. There wasn't an epidemic in ancient Israel of toddler drunkards. These were adults that were disobeying their parents, that were not honoring them. They were supposed to, from this text, stone a rebellious child because this kind of disobedience was like a cancer which was going to spread throughout the entire camp. 
It had to be purged from their midst for its own sake and the sake of everyone else that was a part of the nation. There's evidently a special disorder that is shown by a child dishonoring his parents. And we'll get to how we honor this command today. Uh, Spoiler alert, we don't honor it now by stoning our kids who disobey us. But there is still something inherent to that that we should learn that says the natural law, the natural order is children who honor their parents throughout their entire lives. And I think ultimately the reason why this is such an, an, uh, an obvious command for us, the reason that we should honor our earthly parents is because if you dishonor your earthly father and mother who you can see, how would anyone ever expect you to ever honor your heavenly father who you can't see? It's wrong to disobey them because it's indicative of whether you are going to obey him. That's why this command is where it is in this list of 10. I mentioned a few weeks ago, whenever we started this 10 commandments series, that most people refer to the 10 commandments as two tables of the law. The first table deals with our relationship to God. The second table refers to how we should love other people. This commandment, though, this fifth one, is the transition from the first table to the second table. There's even some debate as to which table you should properly put it in, whether it's actually a command for how you should obey and love other people, or whether it's actually more about how you should obey and love your God. To honor your father and mother, evidently, is to honor your heavenly father who gave your earthly father and mother to you. So dishonoring them dishonors him. That's why it's wrong to disobey this command. That's the the corest reason why we should obey this command, because we have a heavenly father whom we should honor. And in light of honoring him, we should therefore honor our earthly parents. Which brings us to the second question. How do we break this commandment? What does it look like for us to dishonor our parents today? I'll give three ways. First, we dishonor our parents, probably exactly how you assume we do. When I say if you dishonor your parents, the first thing that pops into your head is disobedience. That is a way that we dishonor our parents. We dishonor them by disobeying them. They're dishonored when we don't listen, when we don't help, when we don't love, when we don't serve them. But all of that fundamentally comes back to whether we obey their words or not. As a 30-year-old man, I hope that I still honor my parents in a lot of ways. I hope that I honor them by working hard, by providing for my family, by pastoring, by preaching well. I hope to honor them in that. But that's fairly high-level, abstract honor. That's not as direct as obedience is. I don't think that on most Sunday mornings at 11.20, whenever I start preaching, that they just get a warm feeling in their heart, that they just immediately feel honored because their son happens to be preaching in that moment at that time. I don't think they feel bathed in my honor in those moments, even though I'm trying to honor them when I do that. But whatever honor they receive from me now is built upon my initial obedience, which I gave them in my upbringing. My daughter, I would love for JC to honor me, and I think she does already. I feel honored when she waves to church members, when she walks through and wants to shake every hand whenever she comes through the lobby. I love that she enjoys her time around you all. I feel honored by that. But what I'm looking for right now from her is less honor and more obedience. I would love if she would honor me by obeying me. We'll get to honor later, but right now I just need you to put the yogurt down. I need you to stop whatever it is that you're doing 
because it's about to be a real disaster. I need you to honor me by obeying me. But when she disobeys, she dishonors me. Even though she might not be conscious to that yet, I don't know how much uh, the concept of honor has seeped into her 21-month-old frame. But she still dishonors me when she disobeys me. Here's another way that I think we fail to honor our father and mother. I think we do that by ignoring our elders, by ignoring other authority figures in our lives. This commandment throughout church history has consistently been interpreted to include honor to proper authority rather than merely only to father and mother. I think we as people fail to honor our father and mother when we fail to honor someone else's father and mother as well. The obedience piece is obviously different there. You don't just inherently obey everyone else's father and mother. That would be chaos. We don't honor all adults in the same way, but we should pay a special type of respect to older people, to bosses, to leaders, to people in power. Paul included this same idea in his instruction to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. He said this, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. He said that particularly among us, in the family of God, in church, we should operate as if that family heritage means something to us. As if the older people in the room are surrogate fathers and mothers to us. So particularly in our church, a church like ours, where we are blessed to have so many older and faithful saints who have been here and have done that. Many of you all uh, have been doing that longer than I've been alive. I think this is a helpful reminder that I don't only owe honor to my parents, I also owe honor to you. Society may wish that old people would simply get out of the way. May wish that they would speed up that they would vote differently, that they would change their minds, that they would just go away altogether. But let that never be true here in this church with these people. We as a church have to do a better job of reaching the next generation, of, of making disciples, of growing younger, of changing and relating to whoever is next in line. Yes, I'm not going to apologize for us wanting to do that. We have to do that. Absolutely. But shame on us, shame on me in particular, if we focus on that so much that we fail to honor our elders in the Lord as our own fathers and mothers. The third way we break this command today continues to widen its application, not just your father and mother, not just older people that are around you, but also we break the command by dishonoring God who is our heavenly father. If you're meant to honor your earthly father and obey him, how much more so should you be honoring your heavenly father? If obeying your dad will help it go well for you, how much more so will it help it go well for you to honor your heavenly father? We'll talk more about what that looks like, how we do so later today in the sermon. But when we dishonor him, we've broken this fifth commandment. But you know who never, once, not a single time, even came close to breaking this command? Yeah, you guessed it, Jesus. He fulfilled it. And he transformed it for us. And I'll again offer three ways that Jesus has fulfilled and transformed this commandment for us. First of all, he did all that the Father gave him to do. He upheld this command by doing all that the Father had for him. 
as the eternal son, he obeyed the eternal father in his humanity by accomplishing all that the father gave him to do. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. His entire life. The incarnation itself, as the mission of God, that was all an act of obedience and honor in his humanity of his divine father. And he pleased his father with everything that he did. John 8, verses 28 and 29. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Every moment, God was honored. Every moment, God was obeyed. And therefore, every moment, God was pleased by the life of Jesus Christ. Just as he fulfilled the entire law, this command is included in that with a heavenly sense, that he obeyed his heavenly father. But he didn't focus his obedience solely on his heavenly father at the expense of his earthly parents. Somehow, Jesus Christ, the God-man, the one who is perfect, was able to honor both his heavenly father and his earthly parents at the same time. That's the second way he fulfilled this command, by honoring his parents, Mary and Joseph. Luke 2, 51, after Jesus as a child is in the city and they lost him in the temple, whenever they left, verse 51 says this, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. First of all, who can't identify with Mary here? Jesus was submissive to his parents and Mary treasured that in her heart. That honor to her was like gold in the soul. As the father of a child who is beginning to have some real agency, beginning to, as I said, dishonor me by disobeying me, by throwing tantrums when she doesn't get what she wants, I can say with all honesty that a child who is submissive to his parents showers them with treasure. It's treasured up in Mary's heart. But Christ was able to honor his earthly parents and his heavenly father perfectly. These two commands, these two goals, somehow can coincide to the point where a perfect person does not have to choose between one or the other. He is able to do both at one at the same time. But Christ's honor of Mary didn't only happen when he was a child. It continued on throughout the rest of his life as well. And it even went beyond mere disobedience or obedience. This is while Christ was on the cross. John 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. In Christ's dying moments, when he's nailed to a cross, when he is about to say it is finished, right close to the point of death, in the midst of all of his agony and pain, as he bore the sins of the world and was sacrificing his own perfect life so that through repentance and belief, sinners like you and me could be saved, he took a moment to think not of himself, not of his own pain, but to care for his aging mother. By this time, Joseph was likely dead. Christ obviously knew, I'm not going to be around any longer to be able to care for my mother Mary. So he made arrangements from the cross 
for her to be honored as a mother by one of his disciples, to be cared for, even though he wouldn't be around to do it anymore. He honored his parents and he honored them to the end. But also he transformed our understanding of who our true family is. The third thing he did in light of how he has fulfilled it, he now has transformed it for us. Luke 8, verses 19 through 21. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is from pretty early on in Christ's ministry. And he's taking the concept of family and he's redefining it for his people. Such that your family by your blood is secondary to your family by his blood. That your family, yes, you have an earthly family. You have earthly mothers and fathers that you should honor. But you also have a church family if you're his. You also have people surrounded or surrounding you that you should honor. The older men as fathers, the older women as mothers, your church family, your fellow Christians, those who hear the word of God and do it are your family who deserve your honor. Now that doesn't negate the command to your blood family, but it widens it to include also your spiritual fathers and mothers in the Lord. So in light of what Christ has done to fulfill and transform this, what do we do now? How do we obey this command as New Testament Christians to honor our father and mother on this Mother's Day? Well, I think we can start at the most fundamental level by honoring our parents as children of the Lord. Because we are God's children, we should honor our father and mother. We should obey them as children of the Lord. We should love them as children of the Lord, as kids and as adults, even as senior adults, those of us who still have living parents, we should seek to honor them as children of the Lord. But notice I'm including in every one of those phrases, as children of the Lord. Honor your parents, yes, but you honor them as a subset, as a smaller piece of your greater honor that is due to your heavenly father, which we'll get to in a second. Ephesians 6 verse 1 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Paul includes the phrase in the Lord as a qualifier for how we are to obey our parents. We should obey them in the Lord. We should obey them to whatever extent we are able to do so in the Lord. We should honor them in the Lord. This isn't a perfect world. We don't have perfect parents. And we aren't perfect children. Some of you have a, a mother and a father who told you opposite things. Who perhaps, though they are still your mother and father, are no longer husband and wife. And you somehow were caught in between the two. Unable to honor both of them at the same time. Because they had competing definitions of what that honor would look like. How do you honor two people who disagree on what that honor is? Some of you may have been abused by your parents. They should have loved you. They should have cared for you. They should have provided for you. Instead, they hated you. They mistreated you. They abandoned you. And once a year, 
we all come together and have the gall to have a whole day devoted to that guy, to that woman. Rolling your eyes may be the least you can do in response to a holiday like Mother's Day. And some of you aren't in those boats. Maybe you had the best parents you could possibly imagine. You had models of love and sacrifice and wisdom. And maybe you actually did do your best to honor them, to love them, and you just couldn't do it. You tried to text and say, hey, I made it home, but somewhere in that seven hours, you forgot that that's what you're supposed to do. You fell short. Maybe you even just completely ignored them. You didn't actively disobey them. You just acted as if they didn't exist for most of your life. But regardless of which group you fall into, you can now, today, begin to honor your earthly parents as children of the Lord. You can obey your heavenly Father by obeying them. You can honor Him by honoring them. And that's the great thing about honor, which I've already said. You can honor someone without them being present. You can honor someone without them even being alive. Even without their consent, you can honor them. You can be who you should have been to them, now to everyone else. You can honor those surrogate mothers and fathers in your life, as if they are your parents even now. You can honor the elders in your church, as if they are your mother and father, even now. But I don't think that this command only goes one way. I think just as children should honor their parents as children of the Lord, parents should parent their children as children of the Lord. This is implicit in the Ten Commandments. It doesn't say this outright, but it would be hard to obey the rest of the law without also parenting your children as if you are a child of God. In Ephesians, that, that verse I read a second ago, it's made even more clear. It continues on and says something basically to this effect, just like what it does in Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Paul takes the, the basic form of this command to honor your parents, and he immediately Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Now, fathers, here's your job. They're supposed to obey you, but you now can't provoke them. He immediately connects it with the duty that parents have toward their children. The honor doesn't just go one way. It's not as if they honor you and you now get a free pass to go and abuse that honor. Do you now have a butler who's going to do whatever you tell them to do all the time? You should honor them as they're trying to honor you. They obey you, yes, but you don't provoke them. What you do is you bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What you do is you model your heavenly Father to them so that when they see you, when they feel your love as your children, they're reminded of Him and of His love that they receive as His children. And I know it's Mother's Day, it's not Father's Day. And I don't mean to make it somehow actually about me, but I will tell you, I rarely feel more guilty than I have on Father's Day. Something about thinking about my own parents 
hearing the stories of other people's parents, how great all of these parents are, how great all of these mothers and fathers that we see in society are, all the ones that we've known, all the ones we've loved, all the ones we've been around, hearing all those stories, how great they are, I can't help but think, man, I am really blowing this. I just have no idea how to be as good as what I've seen. I have no idea how to point my child toward the God who's perfect. I can't do it. The weight of parenthood, that responsibility, the knowledge that I have been given a mandate by God to raise up a child in the fear and instruction of the Lord, that I, by my actions toward her, either show her a small glimpse of who God is, or I show her exactly what he's not like. Knowing that that's the case every year on Father's Day. It feels like that particular day has been designed to crumple me underneath it. Like it's a weight that I'm not capable of being able to bear. And I have to remind myself every time And if you're anything like me, you have to remind yourself every time that Christ paid for all of our sins. Even those. Even the ways in which we fall short. Even the sins of an inadequate parent. And we have to remind ourselves also that though we are inadequate, he is not. They do have a father who's perfect. He's not me. But they have one all the same. They have a father who is not inadequate. And we can finally obey this command today by honoring that God, that father, as his children. If you can do this, then you've obeyed the command. Because I think honoring your parents falls under the greater umbrella of the honor that you owe to God. But there's so much more to honoring God than merely honoring your parents. But I think the same ways that we honor them are the same ways that we can begin to honor Him. It really is. It really can be that simple. We listen. We honor Him by listening to Him. We read His Word. We hear that Word preached. We meditate on it. We're sensitive to what He said. We study it. We come to the fullest knowledge of Him that we are able to come to. And as we see him, as we come to know him and who he actually is, he draws us into his love so that we might love him in return. That reciprocated love begins when we respond to his gospel call with faith. When we hear about Christ and his finished work, when we believe that work, when we believe that it was done for us as sinners, that he died even for sinners like us, when we turn from our life of sin, when we turn toward his beauty and grace through repentance and belief. That's how it begins. And that love only grows. And this part of our obedience to him, this love for him that we should now have may feel foreign for those of us who didn't have the greatest earthly parents. It might not feel like something you understand is a part of what it means to be a child of someone else. But I know for even those people in your shoes, when you can experience the love of God as the father you wish you had on earth, 
I think you can't help but respond in love. You can't help but respond in service to him as a result. Because he is the perfect father who loves his children perfectly. See, our parents, they provoked us to anger. They sinned against us. They failed to point us to Christ. They fell so short. Even the good ones did this. And we're in the same boat. We're going to do the exact same things, but not God. Psalm 27, verse 10 says this. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And he always will. So now, how can we help but to love him in return? And as we love, as we continue listening, but we no longer are merely passive hearers, this love should spur us toward obedience. We obey him. We do what he's told us to do. Without obedience, there's no evidence that we've actually listened to him at all, that we actually love him. Those who love him keep his commandments, so we honor him most obviously, most concretely, by obeying him, by doing what he's asked us to do. But there's a really unique aspect of loving God as his children that I think is particular to us as a Christian family of God. It ties back to something I've mentioned a few times. Our parents aren't the only ones that we honor because they aren't the only ones in our new family. So I think a way that we can now honor God in light of this command to honor your father and mother that it may go well for you in the land which God has given you, I think a way that we honor that now is by bearing spiritual children ourselves. I think God is honored by us not only honoring our Christian elders, but by being those Christian elders for others. Paul gave us a great model for this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. You see, you may not have earthly children. You may no longer have your mother and father here with you. But there are older and younger people around you right now in this room who are, whether you realize it or not, your mothers and fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters in the faith. So honor them. Disciple them. Show your heavenly father to them. And then don't stop with just the people who are right now currently in this room. There are thousands of people around us in our lives who desperately need spiritual fathers and mothers. They need the kind of example that you can give them. They need to be pointed to Christ and his gospel because they are sinners just like you are. But they don't have currently the salvation through faith that you have. So I think we honor God as father. Ultimately, how we obey this command by listening to him, by loving him, by obeying him, and then by bringing more children into that family that they might do the same. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for being our Father.
Thank you for showing us a new way, a new family that we can enter into. Thank you for sending your son, Christ our brother, to die on the cross for our sins and in our place so that we might become sons, fellow heirs with Christ, that we might be ushered into this family. Help for us to honor our earthly families, yes. Help for us to give honor to whom honor is due. Help for us to parent our children in such a way that they might honor us. But God, help for us to be your family, to be the church, to bear spiritual children, to obey this command to honor our father and mother by honoring those around us who are like our father and mother. Help for us to be that father and mother for someone else. We love you and we thank you. Help for us to listen to you, to love you, and to obey you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.